It is Sunday, March 4th, 2011. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get it started in here. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, we're ranting about Transformers 3, some Olympic highlights, and part three of the Joan Soda Holiday Physathon. It's episode 5.15, divisible by five. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. How y'all doing this week? I'm doing fine. You know, it's Friday. Normally, people would be excited on Friday, but not me. I'm not so excited on Fridays anymore because, you know, I'm working the two jobs and everything, and I work Saturdays at my second job. So, yeah, I hate having two jobs because the weekend has become meaningless. But that's okay. At least I still got you. At least I hope I have you. And we got a show to put on, so I'm going to put on a show. You know, speaking of shows, I finally got the uh, Blu-ray of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Now, that's the second movie. I got the Blu-ray of the third movie, Transformers Dark of the Moon. That's how similar all the movies are. They're just starting to blend together in my head. So, to quick recap, the first live-action Transformers movie, I Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. My childhood nostalgia for the uh, property completely blinded me to all the flaws in that film. The second movie, that's where I joined the chorus saying Michael Bay raped my childhood. The second movie is so bad. And you know, there's people, they always step forward and they're like, well, it was based on a toy line. What were you expecting? I'll tell you what I wasn't expecting. John Turturro prancing around in his underwear. Yeah, and I know it's based on a toy line, but really is it too much to expect a good movie? You know, I was seeing that defense online again for uh, the movie version of the Lorax that comes out this weekend. Reviews are bad. People are saying, well, it's a kid's movie. What are you expecting? No. As far as I'm concerned, there's no defense for a bad movie. Not it's intended for kids. Not it's based on a toy line. There should be no defense for a bad movie. If it sucks, it sucks. It shouldn't be, you know, good for based on a comic book or anything like that. If it's bad, it's bad. Rant for the day. So now, that brings us to Transformers Dark of the Moon, the third one. The third movie is good, but... You know, at this point, I really don't care anymore. It's just, it's there. I don't see anything exciting about it, anything really that adds to the Transformers movie universe they created. It just kind of hangs there. Although watching it again, I did kind of stumble across something that 
rather interesting. So Shia LaBeouf is in it, right? Once again, Sam Witwicky, he is annoying to the extreme in this one. You know, in the second one, he's all like, no, I don't want to help you, Transformers. I want to go lead a normal life. But in the third movie, he's like, yes, I want to help the Transformers. And everybody around him is like, no, you must lead a normal life. So kind of a reversal of his character situation. But watching it for the second time, I finally understand his frustration. I mean, we're all familiar with the cliche that is the hero's journey, right? You know, like Chronicles of Narnia. You go to this foreign land, you do all this ass-kicking stuff, you save this alternate world, then you come back to your regular world and your regular life, and they expect you to have a regular job and just be regular. Wouldn't you find that frustrating as fuck? Yeah, so that's what happens in Transformers 3. We see Shia LaBeouf going through that frustration. So, yeah, it's just something that I kind of caught my second time watching it there. But still, you know, the Transformers movie I want is the one with no annoying humans, and it just focuses on my childhood heroes, the Autobots themselves. I mean, I ranted about this when the film first came out. There's this absolutely beautiful scene. Sentinel Prime, the leader of the Autobots, is resurrected, and Optimus Prime is showing him around Earth. They go to Africa, they check out Mount Kilimanjaro, and they're in the shadow of Mount Kilimanjaro. Optimus Prime says, look, you're the more experienced leader than me. Here, here's the matrix of leadership. Please lead the Autobots again. And Sentinel Prime is like, no, I'm a stranger in a strange land. But you seem to be familiar with this Earth and its ways, so please, Optimus, continue to lead the Autobots, and I will follow your lead. It's a beautiful scene with two giant robots, but then we're all the, we immediately go back to Shia LaBeouf being all wacky, and here's John Malkovich's wacky boss, annoying as fuck. Apparently, Michael Bay has signed on to do Transformers 4, so you know what I want to see in Transformers 4? 90% less annoying humans. I mean, you gotta have humans in there eventually, right, for the human connection, but still, a lot less of them, please. Look at the original cartoon. Spike is hardly in a lot of those episodes. So there you go. Ditch the humans, focus on the robots as characters, because, hey, that's who Transformers is all about. But there's enough ranting about Transformers for now. Let's get to some music, shall we? Here's Frank Black on the TARP.
I heard Ramona sing here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is still here with you. That song, of course, off of the uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World soundtrack. Finally broke down and uh, bought that soundtrack the other day. It's a good soundtrack. And our heroine in the film, Ramona, actually named after that song. So there you go. I got more wacky trivia facts for you. Really don't know what to talk about on this week's show. Luckily, a good friend of mine for Christmas, he gave me the ultimate bit of show prep for if you're ever stuck for something to talk about. He gave me a copy of Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, one of those amazing trivia books that you're familiar with, you know, from reading on the toilet. Uh, This particular one is uh, Plunges Into Canada all trivia about Canada. Now in uh, this one, also taking a look at the calendar, 2012, we have the Summer Olympics coming up this year held in London, England. And hey, here's a whole section here, trivia facts about the Olympics that were held in Canada. First up, the first time that uh, Canada held the Olympics, Montreal, 1976. Let's see here. What are some of the neat stuff there? Instead of carrying the Olympic flame across the ocean for the 1976 Montreal Summer Games, organizers transmitted it from Athens via satellite. An electronic signal generated by the flame's energy triggered an electronic fire starter in Ottawa that lit the torch on this continent. Wow. Welcome to the 21st century. Uh, Let's see. Montreal included women competing in Olympic rowing, handball, and basketball for the first time. Now, this story, I love this story. Fearing that he'd be disqualified from competing on the horse and rings, Japanese gymnast Shun Fujimoto hid the fact that he'd broken his knee during the floor exercise from everyone, including his coach. Fujimoto's triple somersault dismount from the rings had to be excruciating, but he managed to hide the pain and stay on his feet. He scored a 9.7, pushing his team on to victory before collapsing in the arms of his coach. The team doctor eventually said how he managed to do somersaults and twists and land without collapsing in screams is beyond my comprehension. Wow, wild man. That's dedication to your sport right there. Let's see here. Let's flip ahead to uh, Calgary, 1988, shall we? Uh, Let's see here. What are some of the neat things about Calgary? Uh, Mascots for the Calgary Winter Olympics in 1988 were Heidi and Howdy, twin polar bears. Although they wore cowboy hats and western wear from the waist up, they were (laughs) bare-bottomed. Uh, Let's see here. Perhaps as a bow to the host country, curling made its second appearance as a demonstration sport in 88. It also appeared as a demonstration sport in 32. Curling didn't become an official Olympic sport until 1998. You know, demonstration sports were a neat thing, you know. Uh, That wasn't, um, it wasn't like an official sport. You know, the medals you win didn't go towards the standings or anything like that. It was essentially just a show-off to the world, some sport unique to your home country. Uh, They stopped doing it in like 1992 or 1996 because according to the Olympic Charter, a demonstration sport had to be treated the same as an Olympic sport. So same coverage, same everything, same amount of money poured into it. And so let's be honest, why waste all that money on something that doesn't count, right? So they kind of uh, abandoned demonstration sports in the mid-90s. Too bad, too. You know, I was ranting about this... uh, 
uh, right before the Vancouver Olympics. You might remember there was the big court case. Oh, finally let women ski jumping be a Olympic sport. And the IOC was all like, nope, sorry, not enough women compete in ski jumping yet. And, you know, I was looking at that and thinking, you know, probably if they made women ski jumping a demonstration sport, that would probably be a reasonable compromise this time out. But no, they don't do it anymore. So there you go. I think I'm done rambling about the Olympics. Now I'm going to take a break and we'll be back with part three of the Jones Soda Holiday Fizzathon. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Targ. One, a two, a three, four, five, six. Remember the time we went out to dinner, you and I alone. We ate some French fries. Let's do it again. Remember the time we went to the movies, laughed so hard we cried, then we ate more French fries. Let's do it again. Cause I really like you as a friend. But there are things I can't pretend. No, I could love you till the end. But there is just one problem I would never have sex with you Believe me, you know it if I wanted to I already would have shown my boobs to you But that will never happen Remember the time we stayed up on talking Let our secrets out until the sun shine Let's do it again Remember the time we went to Dave and Buster's Dance Dance Revolution till we won a keychain? Let's do it again. This shouldn't come as a surprise. You should have seen it in my eyes. I kinda like some other guys. But there's a bigger problem. I would never have sex with you. Believe me, you know it if I wanted to. Already would have gone down on you You would have liked it But that will never happen No amount of alcohol Could change my mind at all Our lips will never touch So kiss that thought goodbye Cause I would never have sex with you I already would have held hands with you. But that will never happen. Garfunkel and Oates, I would never have sex with you here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is here with you. Ah, I love that song, it's funny as hell, but sadly, it pretty much describes every relationship I've ever had with a woman. So I think it's time to drown my sorrows. I think it's time for part three of the Jones Soda Holiday Fizzathon. For those just tuning in, I've been doing this for the uh, past couple of shows. Uh, Jones Soda, it's kind of weird. You know, just about uh, every artsy-fartsy, ooh, look at me, I'm an individual lady that I've ever known in my life, has sworn by Jones Soda. And so the other day I was in Liquidation World and I managed to get my hands on a Jones Soda Holiday gift pack. 
these are the ones where Jones makes their fame for coming up with wacky and unusual flavors. So I've been so I bought that gift pack and I've been sampling them here on the show. Uh, part one, we did candy cane soda. Part two, we did gingerbread soda. Well, here we are now. Part three, that brings us to pear tree soda. You know, probably for the song, a partridge in a pear tree. You know, that's what I would like to see. Partridge in a pear tree soda. A blend of partridge and pear flavors. Get on that, all you celebrity chefs, for your next holiday special. I want to see you cook partridge in a pear glaze. Mm, sounds tasty. But here we are, pear tree soda. Uh, for the label on this one, uh, we have a neon sign saying peace, and it's got a star submitted by Valerie Collins. Thank you for your contribution, Valerie. Uh, taking a look at this uh, pear tree soda, it's kind of a light greenish in color. It is transparent. You can see through it. Yeah, kind of a greenish tinge, you know. Pear tree soda, I'm, you know, expecting a pear flavor to this. So let's crack it open and take a sip, shall we? Bottle cap is off. Oh, last week I forgot to do this. I discovered there's fortunes under the bottle caps here for Jones Soda. What's the fortune on this one? Go to your elders when you feel a crisis. Good advice there, bottle cap. Okay, so pear tree soda. Take a little whiff here. Smells like pear candy. Have you ever had a Jolly Rancher? It's smelling like a Jolly Rancher. So let's take a sip here now, shall we? Yep, that's definitely pear flavored. Not so much pear flavored, but definitely, you know, generic fruit candy. Like, you know, if you put a fistful of Jolly Ranchers into your mouth, the blend of flavors, that's kind of what I'm tasting here. Yep, pear tree soda. I'm writing you off as liquid Jolly Ranchers. And that'll do it for this installment of the Jones Holiday Fizzathon. One more in the four-pack, so we will be bringing this to an end next week. And speaking of ends, it looks like we're at the end of this week's show. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. It's a good ride while it lasted. Come on, kids. Let's go home. We are home. That was fast.